Hello, everyone, um, and welcome to the new podcast named Against My Will, Disc Course. <laughs> it's the Disc Course. <laughs> the Disc Course. Uh, it's a podcast where, um, hi, I am, I, I guess your host, Holly. <laughs> I guess I did technically <laughs> have the impetus to do this. You spoke first, therefore you are host. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and with me is Julie. Hi there. Um, and we're the two people here who know about uh, the book series that we're reading. Um, and joining us, <laughs> joining us, um, if you've listened to my other show, you know them, uh, Mark. Hello. Uh, and Jess. Hello. Now, what series are we, what series are we reading? Sorry. Uh, we are reading Terry Pratchett's Discworld, um, which is... I'm very glad I read, or else Harry Potter might still be technically my favorite book series. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, dodge the bullet. Yeah, I'm very glad I got into these in, like, senior year of high school. (laughs) But, yeah. (laughs) Wow. Discworld was an incredibly, like, I don't, not prolific. uh, Terry Pratchett wrote a lot of books. Prolific. Because from 19... From 1983 to his death in, what was it, 2016, 17? Something like that. Yeah. He wrote 35 of these things, plus four science of books, plus like five or six young adult books, plus a whole bunch of not Discworld. So (laughs) (laughs) most people, if you are not familiar with Discworld, probably know about his writing through Good Omens. Mm -hmm. Right. Sure. Which he did with Neil Gaiman. So, there are a bunch of ways we could have gone through this, and as big fans of the series, um, I was debating with Julie, like, should we do it, like, like based on, like, like wizard's death? Yeah. Yeah. At which point, I probably would leave this one for last, because... <laughs> I just... I'm, I, it's better than I remember. First three books are generally considered to not be up to par with most of the rest of the series. We're starting um, with Color of Magic. Yeah, the that. color of magic. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't know, basically Discworld is, I would say, maybe the biggest anthology series in uh, like fantasy fiction. Yeah, like I just said, there's 35 of them. <laughs> yeah, um, and like it just normally I would not recommend someone do what we're doing, which is read them in numerical order. But <laughs> I mean, even that, even then, like you get Mort, one of my favorite books ever written, mm-hmm. four books in. So I yeah. mean, I mean. Are you saying we should have read them in a randomized order, predetermined by a computer? <laughs> no. What I'm saying Honestly, is that people... That, mm, that actually could have been interesting. <laughs> people have made lists, like ordered yeah. lists, of how you should go through them if you want to experience, like, oh, I want all the books about Sam Vimes and the City Guard, or, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. When, when I first read through Discworld, I just picked one at random from my local library, and by pure fucking luck, it was Going Postal, the first in the Moist Von Litvig <laughs> series. See, my I second with... book was Thud, so... You... <laughs> I went with the Death series first because I was a very uh, edgy, moody... Nice. <laughs> yeah, that... And also, they're just really good. Um, yeah. But see, the thing is, even though my second book was Thud, which, if I remember, I'm looking, let's see... It's like the fifth of seven in the no. It's the fifth. It's the fifth of six in the Watch series. Now still that... made perfect sense. Terry Pratchett is very good at like just introducing you to everything you need to know really quickly. Oh yeah, sure. yeah. Any but... of the Discworld books at any point in any of the series within the over- overarching world is 
can very easily be someone's first book without much trouble. Like, what is the entire plot of the book she's introduced in? It's just like, oh yeah, that's Anguish, she's a werewolf, who cares? Well, like, first sentence, like, who gives a shit? Yeah, like, yeah. I, so, I, I guess I'll, I'll talk about my history with D- Discworld. I almost yeah, said Discworld, Yeah, you have wow. slightly more than Mark. Um, yeah, because I, I picked up, um, I'm actually looking at it right now. I picked up, like, a, a combination color of magic and light fantastic, uh. Ooh, nice like little you know two books in one i think when i was in england when i was in high school um just because like we had gone to a bookstore and i was like i need something to read right now while we're here so i I had picked that up i read all of color of magic i didn't remember anything except one specific scene which i guess we'll get to when we talk about it is it the uh one at the end of i think part three uh, no. with the airplane? No, it, it um no cuz I'm not you. Um <laughs> <laughs> I just love that sequence. It's wild bullshit that doesn't happen in any other book and I'm just like that's fucking cool, man. Fair. I love it. No, I um the scene I remember is actually in the the segment that we read for for this episode. Um so I I had read Color of Magic and then forgot the whole thing except for that one scene um and then never read any more of it, but I have like four more sitting over on my shelf over there that I can't read from here what they are but when I was looking it up uh recently when I was like looking at it again for this um he had said that he wanted to do to fantasy what Blazing Saddles did for a western yeah yeah you can definitely see that in this oh yeah. yeah Yeah. I think that's a lot of how it makes sense that you guys say you can jump in at any point because he relies on your your knowledge of of fantasy fantasy tropes and fantasy yeah. you know archetypes. Well, the the thing is is that that becomes way less of a thing like by a few books in yeah. because by that point by that point he's differentiated things so much that like they don't bear much resemblance to regular fantasy. But yeah, you can definitely see how this is like okay, you all know fantasy is this you know wizards. what if i mocked it <laughs> y'all heard about wizards and then then like by i don't know book six it becomes y'all heard about society what if i mock that oh yeah. there's there's a little bit of y'all heard about society in this book which yeah. is fun <laughs> you all y'all heard about the concept of uh trying to avert the inevitable <laughs> mm-hmm. y'all heard about efficient government hey by god does he love efficient government <laughs> My God, it's weird that it's like fucked up. We die, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Man, Mayflies probably think about death a lot differently than we do. Mm. <laughs> Reaper, I love Reaper Man. Anyway, uh, Reaper we can get to that in we'll several that. months when it's, <laughs> yes, it's time for Reaper Man. But so you have read at least like you have read through this one first book at least. Yes, and actually looking at where I found my old bookmark, I was almost done with Light Fantastic, but I don't remember any of it. <laughs> Bizarre. Yeah, Light Fantastic, Light Fantastic, that's the one that implies Granny Weatherwax has his cousin or something that is the Arc Chancellor. I like him. Okay. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's the one with Galder Weatherwax, who dies in All the right. first third of the book because the luggage eats him. <laughs> Alright, let's not the get fu- too granular. The, the yeah. fucking... Oh, the fantasy names. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Mark, 
I can Hello. tell them your history. I tried you to get to read Mort twice, and you made it 70 pages in both times. Uh-huh. Mark has my favorite history of Discworld thing, because it sounds like something Terry Pratchett would have written. Where it's like, yeah, he'd read the first 70 pages of Mort twice, and that fucking sounds... And it's, it's not that he didn't enjoy it, it's just that he, like, could not fucking find the time to read it. Yeah, but like... Yeah, yeah he read the first 70 pages of a book twice, sounds... <laughs> that, sounds that, like that something a Discworld person sentence. would do yeah damn guess what damn, this is my favorite book the... I've read the first 70 pages two times this, Terry Pratchett would have created like an actual term for that phenomenon oh yeah yeah there's like that like fucking singular version of that Japanese term for owning a library and never reading any of it yes yeah. <laughs> um yeah he tried to get me to read more I wanted very much to read it but I never did <laughs> But we're in quarantine now, and once we're out of quarantine, you're locked into the podcast contract, baby. <laughs> yes. This, like, you making this podcast was basically just a reason to get me just to read, to force us to read these books. That's starting a, starting Lupin Lottery. <laughs> yeah. Star, starting Lupin Lottery was an excuse to get me to watch all of Lupin, so I mean... It works. Listen, I, I bought this, these books, like, it's... I can't think about this too hard because it's going to fuck me up. Um, over 10 years ago. So I have owned these books for a long time. But, you know. That's approximately when I bought all of the Discworld series. No, it was when I was working at Stop and Shop. It was like seven or eight years ago that I started buying all of them systematically. Yeah. I, I, so I, I've owned these books for a long time. But fuck if I ever read a goddamn thing in my life. I mm-hmm. say as I, I look at a bookcase full of books. But fuck if I ever oh, read God. anything. So, you know, now... Now I'll read one thing. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's all of our histories. Like, I, I, I had the time to read all of Discworld because I worked at a gas station where I sat alone in a box for seven hours a day. So yeah, that'll do it. I kind of wish that were me. I mean, that's just you right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, except you're still working. In, that's a lie. I've been kind of stuck in perpetual university hell for, like, the past six years, so I've not really had much time to read. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. In any case, 80 to 90 pages a week, which is probably what we're going to settle on, is every two weeks, actually. Yeah, it's about an hour and a half worth of reading if you just sit down and do it. But anyway. What is the the chunk that we've read for this week? We read the first... Now, The Color of Magic and The Light Fantastic are unique amongst Discworld books in that they actually have chapters of a sort. Not totally unique, but they are broken up into like four quarters pretty much and each one is like 85 pages and that's extremely convenient (laughs) god it's so fucking convenient thank you terry for my life (laughs) after the light fantastic we are not going to get this convenience again until going postal and making money instead of going like oh yeah just turn to part two it's like uh please find page 86 like third paragraph that's where we all got to (laughs) here's where the scene changes so (laughs) and we read up to the following phrase uh Good. God, it's just going to be a drought until fucking book number twenty, where we get another one, of, <laughs> one with actual chapters. Yeah, just a godless wasteland of yeah. Chapters are good, Terry Pratchett. Why didn't you do it? Like... Terry Pratchett's next step, if he had been able to write more and more book, was just one with no paragraph breaks. <laughs> oh God! Oh no! Uh, I guess we should just start talking about the, uh, I, it's very lucky we were able to record tonight because I was sick yesterday 
And when I woke up this morning, my throat sounded like a dying person. Um, yeah, you barely, you could barely talk this morning. Yeah, so it's still not 100%. Um, like, for example, this is just my standard voice. I'm not doing anything to sound like how I want, but whatever. You can understand me. I guess we should just talk about um, the part of The Color of Magic that we read. Should we start with talking about the setting? Would that be easiest? Yeah. The early, like, the early Discworld books, like, it keeps doing this at least through Mort. Um, give a big, long, hey, wouldn't it be fucked if a world was on a turtle? Yeah. On top of four elephants yeah. and was flat. <laughs> it's... It explains the cosmology. Yeah. Here, I They drop this so quickly, I completely forget that the elephants have names. <laughs> they are named in this. <laughs> yes. Fuck, that, fucking... That might not come um, up again until the fifth elephant. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Fucking Donner, Blitzen, um... Yeah. <laughs> the rest of them. Who cares? It's very much like the first page of Color Magic is you would probably assume to be somewhere in the guidebook for how to run a Discord trivia contest. <laughs> yeah. So, like, a full two pages is dedicated to, like, on the back of this gigantic turtle, the great Atun. Yeah. Um, with eyes the size of seas, pockmarked and filled with crystallized nitrogen. <laughs> he swims blearily through the cosmos. It's really good. Like, just... It sets yeah, the stage fucking... pretty well fantasy ass shit yeah it's very lush it's very funny because here's this very like you said lush uh very like sumptuous description of a big fantasy cosmology and then here's blazing saddles yeah i love yeah. it yeah it's great <laughs> it's like anyway this wonderful magnificent turtle anyway there's this kingdom that lowered a big bathosphere over it's, the edge <laughs> it's some real like a long time ago in a galaxy far far away shit happened yeah. Some people did some dumb shit. Um, I love that these these folks were like, uh, yeah, you know, they got to find out that turtle gender. Yeah. They still we're don't gonna know. We're going to need a longer rope. We're going to need a longer rope. Right. <laughs> oh, God. What's that you More pulleys. What's that you win's a gender reveal going to be like? <laughs> Listen, this turtle. That's what happened to the. F- Wait, no, there was a previous civilization on the disc. That's what happened to the fifth elephant. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Listen, this turtle is non-binary, and there's nothing anyone can do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's actually the, the entire plot of uh, the Light Fantastic revolves around it going to mate, which is mentioned in this opening thing as the Big Bang hypothesis. Right. Which is very <laughs> all good. The, all the giant turtles go to have sex. Yeah. Sometimes a lowball joke like that really nails it. Like, <laughs> fuck, I'm just I'm just thinking of a footnote joke in a later book. It's like it's said that the first thief stole fire couldn't fence it afterwards it was too hot (laughs) and then footnote footnote really got burned on that deal hold on did i write that (laughs) yeah (laughs) that sounds like i wrote that yeah (laughs) but yeah we slowly get introduced to the elements of the disc and then we are introduced to one of our deuteragonists uh two flower as he steps off the boat in ankh-morpork poor sweet idiot well, hold Poor on. Poor sweet idiot. Yeah. Don't they talk about the fire first? Everything's on fire first. Oh right, yeah. I forget. Yeah. We open several in, days in later. Yeah, yeah, we we do yeah. need media res. A couple of dudes are watching the city of Ankh-Morpork burn. <laughs> Record Which scratch. Seem to be, like, <laughs> guess you're wondering how I got into this situation. <laughs> yeah. It's not even that. It's two dudes like. Hey, do you think that place that burned was the oil refinery or uh, the Magic Emporium? Right. Magic Emporium. 
You want to bet? It's the two the two thieves, Weasel and Bravd. Right, and they're they're watching parts of the city blow up, and they're like, "Oh, what do you think that explosion was?" Money's riding on this. It sets the tone perfectly, like how nonchalant they are. That oh yeah, it's it's another day in Aquaport. Like, yeah. yeah. If you want to compare, if you want a good comparison, I feel it's the scene from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Where Lancelot is just running towards the camera, yeah. <laughs> and the guards are just eating an apple, yeah. and then he stabs one of them, and the other's like, "Hey!" <laughs> the um, much like the the description of the the cosmology, like all the physical description of the fire is very lush, but then all the dialogue yeah. is like, "Oh, what do you think that was?" Yeah, yeah. I also love the description of they. they I'm not. They don't really. They drop the whole Twin Cities thing pretty quickly um, for Ankhmore Pork. Right. But yeah. um, I do love how it's like, and the rich people responded by burning down the bridges it's, connecting right. the it's, cities. Yeah. The rich it's people the looked over like... and saw everything blowing up, and they were just like, mm, yeah. let's just burn these bridges before anyone And then over. the boats made of wood, straw, and tar <laughs> floated over anyway. So Y'all heard about society. Yeah. yeah. It's. It's the Simpsons gag of, like, but they were too brave to accept the opposing forces' surrender. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And we'll just take the last bridge out of town where everyone else is sitting. I wasn't finished. <laughs> uh, Rincewind rides up. Our hero, everyone, rides up with two flour and the luggage. And they're like, what the fuck is that? Right. <laughs> And he's like, don't fucking worry about it. Well, 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 no, first they threaten him, and he's like, oh, get the fuck out of here, Bravd. <laughs> he says Brav the Hublander, and that's where we get the three pages worth of exposition about how the disc works. Oh, I, I really love how Ridswood is just like, I am already too scared to deal with you. I'll deal with you later. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The seasons on the disc don't matter later, aside from, like, Hogwatch Night being a central component of a book. But, like, just the idea that years are 800 days, and there's two sets of seasons every year. And does this mean, does this mean when he describes an ancient wizard later as being 130 years old, he's actually 260? I don't know. (laughs) Who knows? That's never made clear. Who knows? I mean, he also refers to dollars later, so, like... Well, yeah, they just have dollars. Okay, I just, you know... Australia has dollars. It's, you know... You know, it's Discworld dollars. It's the combination, a lot of combination of like very high concept, like jokes and elements, and then just very just like on the nose stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's we something that right, like I know it's for narrative convenience. Like later books, especially the dollars, it's it's like a lot of shit seems like oh this is old timey inflation money. So like it's like this horse costs fifty dollars and. Then sometimes they'll be like, oh, this sta- this is a dollar stamp. Like, that seems like a steep price for a stamp, my dude, <laughs> if horses are 20 bucks. Uh, <laughs> wow. It's when he's like, hey, we'll give you some food if you, like, tell us what the fuck happened. Oh, hold on. And that's I want to talk we... about the seasons in Discworld. Okay, yeah, okay. we, we want to talk about Summer 2 Electric uh, Boogaloo. Yeah, I want to talk about how there's Summer and Summer 2, sequel mm-hmm. to Summer. Winter 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold. Fucking yes. honestly. Although, um, I mean, I think... The Legend of Two Flowers Gold. Jesus, fuck. <laughs> I I like how there's, um... Uh, what is it? It's like August Prime or something, and I'm like, I would change my name to August Prime. <laughs> August Prime is pretty good. 
August Prime is an excellent name yeah, if you're looking to awesome. change your name. Shout out. Any non-binary people, just cha- just put Prime in your name. Yeah. It's, it's, just, <laughs> come on. Pick a season, <laughs> and then your last name is Prime. And that that's be, how that's everyone what, knows. I mean, that's why Optimus Prime is called Optimus Prime. Are you telling me Optimus Prime is non-binary? <laughs> yes. He's a robot, yes. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> this makes I also, perfect sense. I, I do like the idea that, like, it's a fucking pendulum sort of thing. Like, the sun is always moving in a straight line. It's the fucking uh, disc that's spinning that does cause the season. I, I, it's a well-thought-out level of bullshit. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, just like Flat Earth Theory, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except there's... They, they, they're way more elegant. Instead of fucking uh, Antarctica being an ice wall holding the oceans in, they're just like, that's oh, magic. God. More water from magic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the gods take care of this one. It's fine. It's, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I, the way that the humor is like built into the world is a lot of fun. This cosmology actually leaks into the uh, like Discworld side of the Science of Discworld novel. Um, where the wizards have accidentally created an alternate universe, which is our universe. And they're like, well, we can't find chelonium anywhere, so we can't build a proper planet on a turtle. Guess we'll have to make it out of these balls that this universe keeps wanting to be a part of. Christ. Why can't we make a sun a mile wide? That's how big suns are supposed to be. So when I was rereading this, I thought that, like, I remembered, because, like, Two Flower, when he shows up, he's got all this, you know, stuff that, like, we recognize as, like, from our world, quote-unquote. So I was like, oh, damn, is Earth just secretly on the Discworld? <laughs> but, no, that's... Kind of, sort of. That's the, <laughs> not exactly the case. Right. No, that's something way stupider and weirder that happens for a couple scenes. Damn. Yeah. No, this is just quirky. But yeah, then we get the flashback to the proper beginning of the story, which is Two Flower. He's here. Hooray. We should probably briefly mention that this book, written in 1983, features a character who is a photograph-taking Asian um, tourist. Is he I Asian? Will say right now, yeah, I never picked that up until I looked up fan art, and everyone thinks he like. Codes well, the, Asian. I mean, the Agatean em- it's it's like yeah. implied in this book, but by interesting times, the Agatean Empire is Imperial China. Okay, because I I read it as. Um annoying american tourist i actually read it as like friendly german tourists where where are all you know everywhere has the stereotypes of the the annoying tourist who just flashes their money around like yeah i i have worked in retail for too long i i have a specific hierarchy of foreign tourists oh yeah Uh, at least least on australian eyes oh boy i i'll say i'm super intrigued americans are pretty fine I'm going to say right now, these are very broad strokes, uh-huh. is what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> and also, I work in a very nice chocolate shop. Mm. So that might give you an idea of the clientele we serve. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. But basically, Americans, they're actually fine. I actually love American customers. They're really nice. <laughs> um, All right. Uh, I've never had an American Karen. Julie, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's okay. You don't have yeah. to lie. You can be honest. No, no, <laughs> genuinely. I I'll tell you right now, the worst, I hate the French. Oh my god. Jess, I like that sense. Like, when a French person tries to tell me they don't understand what the word Q means on a sign, I'm like, get out. It's, don't you, you made this one. This one's from you. 
Uh, we, we stole we those have... valves. At least recognize them. It's just like they, they come up. They don't line up. They come up to the counter. They spend 30 minutes to buy like the smallest thing. It's like it's a waste of everyone's time. They're just so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this all, this is also the thing of like. Yeah, it just this, it doesn't help with the fact that I went to Paris as a teenager and hated it because everyone there was rude to me and my family. Countryside Love people it. in Fran- France, like everyone else except for people from Paris, totally cool with. Yeah, they're fine in my books. <laughs> like they're actually chill, regular people. <laughs> God, I've just this adds so many more layers to the idea of the uh, Paris syndrome. Just, oh, I just yeah. love the idea of going to a place and going, hmm, not that great. Yeah. Well. So Time to bad, be depressed. <laughs> so bad you need a like help hotline at your local like diplomat to, and embassy to actually like talk things through about the fact that oh this glorious place ain't so great. Wow, yeah. I I found the same thing when I went to England. Like people in London where it was just like any other city and everyone was a dick, but like we we went out of the city to to Stratford and everyone was really really nice. Oh my god, you're all like Wallace and or Gromit. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I had a British customer get mad at me for telling her to line up because she said we had adopted queuing from, I quote, the Yanks. <laughs> oh my god. Excuse me? I've just heard... I This is anecdotal because like, I've seen in like Tumblr posts, but like ap- apparently like the idea that... like So merging onto a highway... Like, everyone instinctively just like, okay, let one car go, let another car right. go. One car, another car. And, like, some British person in the thread is just like, so how do you, like, organize? Are there, like, flags that you didn't know? We're just not dicks. Yeah. We know we all need to go to the same place. No, it's it's like a zipper. That's how it works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, There's some, like, human instinctual understanding of, like, basic decency. Yeah absolutely wild can i tell a story about when i was in england that i don't i don't remember if i've told this on loop and lottery or not but i'll tell it here so when we went to stratford um a friend of mine i was with this was when i was in shakespeare camp um uh. and we were doing uh like performances because we were there actually right around this time um because it was shakespeare's birthday so that's you know stratford is where he was from yeah. so they do a big old mm-hmm. you know thing Okay. Um, so we were doing like street performances and this and that where, you know, you say some, say some monologues out for all the people. So a friend of mine, she needed to like go to the bookstore cause she needed to like check her actual text. Cause she was like, I don't actually remember it. So I'm going to just go look at a book in the bookstore. And I'm like, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so I'm walking behind her and she's walking like really fast and I had sprained my knee before going on this trip. And the doctor was like, yeah, you'll be fine. Just, you know, take it easy. And I'm like, okay. Uh, and it had rained earlier. Oh, and no. ah. all of oh. all of Stratford's little cute, quaint little Fucking alleyways. Cobbles. Are there? Yeah. You, you might be able to see where this is going. All their quaint little alleyways, all cobblestone. Wet. Slippery as shit. Slippery little cobblestones. Um, so I do go down. Just like, you know, just slip. Oh, crack no. right on the knee. My friend's gone because she's, like, in a rush. And so I'm, like, lying there on the ground in, in horrible agony. Like, no less than seven English people come over and are like, oh, my God, are you okay? Oh, my God, how's up? 
helping me up and i'm like wow this is great um <laughs> yeah as the two cities i've like the two city cities i've ever been to are new york and boston people you would have gotten 20 people screaming at you to get the fuck out of the oh, way yeah. oh yeah well while everyone's helping me up there's this old man standing you know just off to the side and he's like oh give it a good swear and i i think about that every time every, every yeah. time i get hurt now i'm like just give it give it a good swear Hell yeah. Christ. Anyway, it's it is all like contextual, like what would be an ancient rich empire in this weird fantasy setting. Yeah. But the other thing, like thinking of the real world, who would be the rich rich tourists in 1983? Like like what country was having an economic boom of unheard of proportions? Mm-hmm. No, you Yeah. You write that. There is an entire trope of like specifically in 80s films of the like uh, c- camera toting Japanese tourist yeah. because media is kind of racist a lot of the time uh, I will wow. say I'll say right now <laughs> working in a high-end uh, retail store the it's it's now transformed to be the very annoying rich uh, <laughs> Asian customer who wears streetwear a lot mm. <laughs> like very specifically I've seen so many anti-social social club t-shirts and like face masks and oh my god right <laughs> but i like two two flowers very fun i yes. love him yeah i i feel like pratchett does a pretty decent job like leagues better than most people of like here is a stereotype i've recognized but they actually are a nice character and there's nothing like bad about them yeah but yeah, he walks off this boat, gives the dude the cost of a house as a tip, <laughs> right? And everyone in the city, their heads swivel. Yeah, it's like what? It's extremely good because it's like he he is like so rich and he has no idea. He's just he has not done like he's done so much research and also no research. I well, I have so like, I have a question. Yeah. Um, yes. So in this scene, we're introduced to a uh, blind Hugh. Um, is Blind Hugh blind, actually? Probably not. Okay. I just want to make sure, because there's textual evidence referring to him seeing. Yeah. Like, they, they in later books, the guilds get expanded on a lot, and the Beggar Guild is a funny one. Um, and most of them, it's just like, yeah, Hugh over there, he specializes in um, uh, babbling. Uh, <laughs> old Slippery Will over there, he, uh, <laughs> first, first League Cripple. Um uh-huh. God. God, it's it's real fun. Like when the uh, the head of the guild, who is obviously very important, talks to a rich person. They try to ask him if they have a spare mansion to hold a party in because they have to have higher class begging. Wow, <laughs> it's real good. Um, but yeah, they both are like, oh, we gotta tell tell the crime boss about this because they work for not the beggars guild because that hasn't been established yet. Mm. Right. So two flower has a phrase book. Um, and everyone's like, why the fuck does he talk by just listing synonyms? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, this... when, pe- when people don't understand, he literally just starts listing different phrases for the same thing. But yeah, uh, Hugh leads him to the Broken Drum, which is a recurring place. This place will not die despite what happens in this book. <laughs> what happens in this book happens after a fashion like every three books. It's fine. It's <laughs> This reminds me of a friend uh, up in Queensland, which is north of where I am in Australia, and they have, he's part of a huge LARPing group, 
and okay. th- his group is like so prolific that every time when they hold these huge LARPing gatherings and like god knows where honestly uh they always set up a fake tavern that tavern will not die as well <laughs> that tavern has been blown up for insurance purposes oh in like in the actual like in character it's been blown up it's been used for raids it's been part of like holdouts and every time it just will not die <laughs> Is this thing made out of, like, cardboard or, like, balsa wood? I think it's basically a bunch of tables and stands and tents. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) But, yeah, so he's basically been led into a place where the criminal organizations of the city can collect him and his gold. Right. Yeah. And this is where we first notice um, the luggage, or Hugh notices the luggage. It's like, he just looks back. And then just looks forward with a rictus grin on his face, just like, just, just ignore that, Hugh. Just, uh... Yeah. Yeah. The, doesn't get my business. Whatever. Not gonna... The, lo- the luggage is so good. <laughs> not gonna acknowledge a weird, like, walking wooden trunk. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. It's not tiny, gonna let that ruin my day. tiny little legs. <laughs> Ain't nothing gonna break my stride. <laughs> that encroach onto no knees... Nick's <laughs> territory. Yeah, but what happens? And this is where yeah he gets to the broken drum, and this is where Rincewind is introduced. Did we mention um, uh, Yamor and Withal? No. Also, I was saying Emor. Uh, we don't get a pronunciation guide for these fantasy ass. I names. mean, we sure don't. So, uh, <laughs> we got Emor and Withal here. The number one and number two thieves in the city. Yes. Yeah. Um, and this is where they're just thieves. Uh, not very imaginative here at the beginning. In the future books, they basically run a protection slash insurance racket. Oh, fun. Oh, well, because they, they don't know about insurance, they have to be introduced to the concept of insurance first before they yeah, can run a racket. Yeah, sewer ants. That's the scene that I remember, is the scene that Two Flower and Rincewind have where they talk about in sewer ants. That's the fucking one scene that I remember. Mm-hmm. It's such oh, a God, good yeah. scene. I love the fucking pun of reflected sounds of underground spirits and, and how it took me so long to figure out until they well then 50 out. yeah 50 pages later they just say economics mm-hmm. yeah it's a bit of a i don't i don't think gnomes are spirits but maybe that's just me they they they, they super are mark they're, for, <laughs> they're sprites of some fashion terry maybe you should have stretched a little before that reach but yeah it's okay <laughs> It doesn't help that in later books there are, like, gnomes and... Are they no? I'm, I'm thinking of fucking the Wee Free Men. They're basically gnomes, right? Yeah. One of them thinks he's a gnome, or until he learns that he is, in fact, whatever they are. I don't know. They're weird and blue and Scottish. They're Smurfs, is what it sounds like. That's just Smurfs, yeah. 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 They're, they're all hefty Smurf. <laughs> On various drugs. A whole race of just hefty smurf. A, fam- a family could just be hefty smurf. Yeah. Um, the Macnac Fiegel, that's what they're called. Um, nice. Um, I want to call out a specific phrase I really like with the, the scene with Emor and Withal. Oh, is it the never begrudged uh, ambitions? No, no, no. It's uh, Withal describes being Ymor's uh, right-hand man as being gently flogged to death with scented boot laces. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's good. Like, I Listen, I wrote down bunches of stuff where I'm like, that's just good. Like, that's just neat. Yeah, he was always good at writing. Like, yeah, that's right. a very good line. Uh, yeah, like, Ratchet has such good turn, turn of phrases, seriously. Exactly. Like... So, you know, 
hello listeners get ready for me to just read parts of this book to you because it's good i mean if anyone who likes terry pratchett comes to this podcast that's kind of what they're after honestly yeah like <laughs> but yeah rincewind notices uh two flower paying for a drink and lodging with enough money to buy a quarter of ongmore pork yes he's like oh this poor fool <laughs> it's like it's like something like we don't know how big these coins are exactly um, it's probably something like two pounds of gold. <laughs> like, sure, yeah. That's just a lot. Um, and he, like, Rincewind, Rin, we should introduce Rincewind, yes. our hero. Um, he's motivated mostly by greed in this early book. That becomes fear by sorcery. Um, yeah. And it's a little bit of fear by the end of this book. It is entirely fear. <laughs> yeah, it's because the luggage scares him, so he's like, okay. That that's see the thing is the luggage is reasonable fear by the end he's just yeah. extreme but by sorcery or so he's extremely afraid of everything yeah understandable he just kind of gets swept up in it and everything that's happening and he's just like well this is my life now but so he is uh, a failed wizard he's a dropout wizard right yeah he 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 got he he technically got his official wizard certification, but it was more of a never come here again sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. okay. Okay. And the reason he's a failed wizard, as explained slightly later, is that he read one of the eight spells of the creator, and it took up all the space in his brain to learn other spells. So the way magic works in these early books is like a parody of like um, arcane preparations of magic. So like. Oh, it takes you a month to learn a spell to unlock a door, and then bleh, bleh, you're just done. Yeah. Right. It's it's very traditional. This is what an actual wizard would do. By later books, it's more like wizards are the nuclear option, and like, oh sure, they could turn you into a frog. The problem is, once you turn someone into a frog, you just keep turning people into frogs. It's real fun. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't stop at one. <laughs> It's so easy to do magic. You need wizards to not do magic publicly. Yes. He could use the spell and free up his head for magic, except we don't know what this spell in the oldest of grimoires does. So don't say yeah. it. Just don't. Just, it, just don't. It might unmake the universe if you say it. By the third appearance, that's no longer a thing, and he's just bad at magic. <laughs> like, yeah, he just kind of sucks. Um, but he is good at languages, and so he runs through a dozen or so until he gets to one that both he and Two Flowers speak. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I, I like the, him being good at languages thing, but, like, he can't remember any other magic because of the one spell he knows. Because in my experience, that is what learning languages is all about, is, uh, uh yeah. I can't learn anymore because of the two that I know. <laughs> Maybe that was just, like, a fucking bone that some weird god threw him. Like, okay, listen, you're gonna get... All your spell slots taken up by the Doomsday spell, but you know what? You're gonna be a polyglot, my friend. <laughs> I mean, it's like the thing, like, we'll see later on uh, by the end of this first part and leading to the second is that it feels like someone weirdly min-maxed uh, Rincewind yeah. as a character. <laughs> they made him wrong as a joke. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like we go, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it with uh, using D20s. Oh, crap. Those were <laughs> Let me just, uh, I've, I've played Fallout New Vegas a lot. Let me make uh, one intelligence, ten charisma. Something yeah. that no one should yeah. do. <laughs> God fucking nerfed him. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is the joke build you make for Twitch streaming. In this is yeah. oh my picking, god, picking deprived in, yeah. in uh, Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> Someone wanted to have some fun. 
they finally they settle on it's called Betrobi, and there's some fun had with um uh like how they don't have exact words for things. Yeah, okay. But he just says he just says like uh, oh yeah, I'm uh, past the Brown Islands, take a left, uh, go a few thousand miles, you can't miss it. And Ritzwood's like, "Oh, the counterweight continent." Mm. Yeah, like that Rincewind has like a mini heart attack like you can't just say that casually. Like <laughs> <You> that's <laughs> Oh, you know that place that doesn't exist? That's where I'm from. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> I, I want to call out one of these languages that, that Rincewind goes through, the, um, like, Black Arugu or whatever, where it's a language with no nouns and only one adjective. Um, I want to hear more. And it's explicit. I want to hear more about ev- yeah. everything is a fucking cuss word in that language, and I want to hear more. <laughs> just a lot of verbs. Mm. Just- I'm, ju- I'm just reminded of how, like, Icelandic is still old Viking. Like, how... Uh, email is lightning message. Yep. And computer is number witch. Yep. Oh, that rules so fucking hard. <laughs> so hard. No wonder their music sounds like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so. Well, yeah, because they languages do things like that to avoid just like borrowing in where they're like, yeah, no, nah, we'll do what our language can do, and we'll express the same concept, but you know, we'll we'll, we'll keep ours rather than taking one of your words. I've. I've just, for me, it's just, like, Duolingo Japanese, but, like, they seem to not care about borrowing. Yeah. Like, they seem to be like, yeah, we'll do, uh, uh, oh, a PC? We'll call that a, a PasoCon. Yeah. Like, yeah. So there's... a convenience store? Combini. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, yeah. Like, whatever. you should hear... Oh, this is just all coming from my freaking knowledge of Haikyuu, but the wonderful borrowed phrases of English in volleyball, like, nomenclature in Japan, of, like, when you score... You, people scream, nice kill. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> oh, that rules. Fucking Klingon. Slip <laughs> wharf destroyed to the enemies. De- death to the opposition. <laughs> oh, it's like when a blocker like blocks uh, a spike, but it's still like in play. You know, that would be translated as deflected. Like if that's how it is in the official manga translation. Right. That, that's Literally, so it just God. means one touch. <laughs> like, nice. But Well, yeah, the... But, Sorry, I mean, I'm ahead. just going to keep talking about language. Like, some, some languages are okay. very, like, open to, to just taking words from other... English is one, Japanese is another. Um, and, yeah, there's there's plenty of, like, much smaller languages where they're like, no, we're going to come up with our own words, so Icelandic is one. Um, a lot of, uh, like, Native American languages, they'll do that. I mentioned on, on Lupin Lottery once, there's a sub-Saharan uh, African language that I can't remember... Oh yeah, I remember this story. I don't remember exactly what was in it, but yeah. yeah. So there's um, rather than borrow the word airplane, they ch- right they, metal bird. They, they changed the word bird, and like I don't know how much I want to explain about so, like so they, they, grammatical. It's like, hold, on, hold on, um, I don't sorry. know how much I want to <laughs> explain about grammatical case, but they had like cases of nouns that meant this. So there was like a whole class of of words that's like this is all the living things or like you know this is all this that or the other so they just took the word bird and moved it into the the class that is non-living thing so it's it's a non-living bird and that's the word for airplane and i'm like that that (laughs) rules yeah it's like the whole conundrum of the chinese zodiac of is it goat or sheep or ram Mm -hmm. yes Yes. it's it's only because it's like oh it just means horn animal but buffalo is a horn. No, but it's not a buffalo because we called that like an ox. Yeah. Yeah. But what is it then? Well, it's just a horn animal. That can mean anything. What's my zodiac sign, my culture? <laughs> God. <laughs> so the counterweight continent is like 
a, a lost continent ass sort of thing. And guess what? This series has got two lost continents, and they're both Rincewind <laughs> books. Well, um, this it's one balance out all the weight on the disc. That's why yeah. it's full of gold. Yeah, that's the point. One small island, which it's as as explained by the Pat- the patrician later, who changes a lot by the time he next shows up. <laughs> They got a new patrician. They didn't actually give him a name. Patrician is a title. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no. I think th- this is explicitly Vetinari, the same guys in the rest of the series. Right. Okay. Pratch is just like, oh, just, this dude I made just sucks. <laughs> that dude I made sucks. Um, I like how, so you've mentioned there's two hidden continents now, and they're both in Rincewind books. Um, I like that this man is the worst wizard, but a pretty good geographer. <laughs> yeah. Again, people were living there. They, he didn't discover them. Like I'm saying, he doesn't discover them, but he does get to catalog them. He gets he gets to the both of them by a complete accident. Is the thing mm. weird magical bullshit? Oh, so he he Christopher Columbus's himself. Both of which are directly related to each other. The wizards try and get him back, and they oopsie whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> we sent him to fake Australia. <laughs> yeah, that happens. Listen, it's a. Um, but, so the idea of the counterweight continent is that it's very small, but as explained by the patrician, uh, it is mostly made of a magical metal called octiron, um, because eight is a very important number in, uh, the Discworld universe. And also, yes, a lot of gold. Mm-hmm. It's not made of gold, but there is a lot of gold, yes. <laughs> and so, Ritzwind is hired by Two Flower as a guide. He's given six Rhinu, which... Um, as Rincewind is describing things, probably about the amount of money a normal person makes in a lifetime. And that's just the forwarding of, like, his first four days of working yeah. to a guide. <laughs> like... One and a half per day, four days. And Rincewind's like, hmm, the smart thing to do would be to run away, buy a fast horse, don't need change, no one can change for a thousand dollars, ride 500 miles away, start up a new business, change my name, shave my face... Yeah. Man, you'd have to be a real fucking bastard to do that. Anyway, he gets caught by the guards. <laughs> fucking <laughs> smash cut to like <laughs> smash cut. We had to shoot his horse to get him to stop. Oh <laughs> and this is where we are introduced to Vetinari, um, who in this book is um, a fat old man who eats candy to jellyfish. Oh I yeah, love it. Um, and has a bunch of rats bring him the news. Good, very good. He, by his next appearance, I'm pretty sure, he is the the ascetic, stick-thin Machiavelli that we will all know and grow to love. Okay. Basically Charles Dance, as portrayed in the movies. (laughs) Yeah. Not so subtly. Not even not so subtly. He just says, hey, protect this man or I will kill you. Yeah. Or no, I will keep you alive for the emperor to kill you if he finds out that his one citizen to ever leave the Empire has fallen some sort of terrible fate. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, glad we had this chat. Run along with Rincewind. Yeah. And this is the portion where Rincewind's just like, well, I guess I'm just fucked. I guess I just have to do this now. This is my life. Gotta keep this asshole alive for like a week. Make sure he doesn't leave the city. <laughs> is this where we get like the little cutaway where, where like as the albatross is heading back, we see another yep. one pass it in the sky? I yeah. so, yeah. Well, that we cut back to that one a couple times. Well, I think once more is when they get the message and then he brings it to the patrician. And then we get once more where we actually find out what the message is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the meantime, Rincewind heads back. Uh, to the, uh, Two flowers, okay, wake me up at noon so we can tour the city. And when Rincewind comes back, uh, there's a tavern brawl in effect. You're right. 
everyone is Rip. fighting over Rincewind because they all want to be. Well, no, they're just fighting. He slips to the back of the, <laughs> the, the back of the inn, gets his fingers stepped on across Bonirly Hitson. Oh, right, yes. Um, and then he wakes up to Flower, um, and he's like, "Well, I, you made me miss the thing. <laughs> right. Darn! Are you telling me I, I missed a, pup a barbarian? Fight? What? Oh, come on! Yeah, that's what I came here to see. Damn it." Two Flower is adorable. He's like, oh, I want to meet a hero like, like, like Run or Brav. Right. He knows. <laughs> he knows the names of like all the major heroes that live in the city. They basically, he basically read some comic books without pictures, pretty much fucking... of the. <laughs> yeah. Don't they just list? They just keep like listing fucking heroes, and it's like, <laughs> there are too many heroes. Please eliminate three. I am not a crackpot. <laughs> Don't worry. We, that aside from one guy who appears next book, we don't really get barbarian heroes after this. Yeah. And I will say, the guy who appears next book and will keep appearing throughout the series, love him. Rincewind doesn't like heroes too much because uh, they're gloomy when they're sober and insane when they're drunk. Mm. It's very much the case of Discworld heroes are like D and D character like murder hobo murder tourists yeah yeah um he does say that he likes run okay he's quote-unquote practically an intellectual because he doesn't need to move his lips when he thinks <laughs> right wow we get like when rincewind lies and says that a fat captain of the guard is run the right. barbarian like that's such a big lie it ribbles out and even he <laughs> like he does the fucking anime sneeze like someone's talking about you <laughs> He feels it on the astral plane. And we run into Hrun later. He's on, like, the second part of the book. But, mm -hmm. yeah. Hrun gets mentioned once more later as, like, a thing about how... In, like, a later book. But Hrun's in this book and this book alone, pretty much. Okay, yeah. Um, the watch is cleaning up, and Rincewind is just like, Oh, yeah, these are all heroes. Can't you tell? <laughs> yeah. Cops, the greatest <laughs> heroes of all. <laughs> The weird thing about Discworld is how that is simultaneously clearly bullshit and also sometimes a little bit true. Mm. It's the weird thing of, like, Discworld and Ghost in the Shell are, like, the two cop, like, co ensemble casts I like <laughs> as cops. Pa Pat Labor also fits into yes. that, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was gonna ask if uh, Terry Pratchett said ACAB, so I guess sometimes. <laughs> Ter Terry Pratchett said, hey... The good cops should kick the bad cops out if they're so good, and that's what they do. Oh. So, yeah. wow, it's a very it's a very idealistic notion, but it's still better. It, it helps that the man in charge hates himself and like needs to make sure everyone else is good, or he will make sure they are. <laughs> so this is where we are introduced to the iconograph, which Rincewind um has a running thing where he's just like they're. Listen, I'm not good at magic. There should be, like, some sort of... Well, maybe, well, I'll call it science or something right. that makes the world work good. And no, there's a little demon inside of there that paints the pictures real fast. I, I love local wizard yearns for science. Like, I think that's yes. so good. Yeah. It's really good, and the problem is that, like, as the book series goes on, that becomes half true. But, like, shit like the iconograph, which is their camera... That they mention, no, those gotta, those gotta stay little men in a box who paint. Yeah. Oh. It's great because Winswin is like halfway there because he's like, 
uh, maybe like you know, there's, there's there are metals that are reflect that are like you know receptive to light. Maybe they can like freeze light. light in place. Yeah, I was like, no, it's a demon. Oh, God, no, it's a no, demon. it's just a demon. <laughs> so close. And like, and like a newspaper photographer is like, oh yeah, I can make him paint with acid so that you can turn it into an immediate engraving plate. You know. Yeah, it's really good because like he doesn't know what he wants, but he's just like, hmm, there should be. He's like, like, God, I really hope I didn't just see a bed and a f- frying piece of bacon on a stove <laughs> yeah. in there. But I He's did. Just like, mm, it would be cool if magic. What if we had magic, but it made sense? <laughs> there was a system. Yeah. That what that didn't involve like, I don't know, sulfur and like warts and eggs and mm-hmm. like. <laughs> At what what at one point later in this section, he talks to the little demon in there. And he's just like, I don't know. Wish we could like harness the power of lightning to for the good of all mankind the demon's just like now gods throw that from the top of mountains when they're bored meteorological fact you can't harness it it just goes up to down like there's there's yeah. nowhere that it'd it probably goes. burn through the harness it's lightning my dude yeah where's the saddle gonna fit <laughs> that's the other thing like character that's a running thing in Discworld. characters having a very literal one-track mind and like <laughs> taking metaphors very literally that I love. It's good. The thing I also love about the iconograph is that Terry Pratchett does this great thing of here's the thing we recognize from our society. Oh, but it's a weird magic thing. Oh, but it's still very reminiscent of like real world. Like when the imp pops in and goes, "Can't take it, ran out of pink." It's like I feel like that's how my tone or low. To me. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> I am printing a black and white document. You don't need cyan. God damn it! Get out of magenta. Yeah, buddy. This is like a way less hacky version of the Flintstones. It's eleven. Oh <laughs> yeah, pretty much actually. Sh- it yeah, is because he's actually a character, so it's like good. There's jokes about how the iconograph Im- impel like gives you a low grade magic power to make people pose <laughs> in stupid ways. Yes. I will say, as a photographer, it's very true it's like it's going back to the frog thing of like if i can just i can just make you do anything i want huh like see the problem is that it only works with like camera ass cameras you can't do it with a smartphone no. yeah people will start yelling at you after two seconds <laughs> take the fucking picture Rincewind disappointed but he starts taking him on a tour and there's jokes about how like all the uh priests at the temple of small gods are like you can't take a picture of our holy idol it gives them Gives them like six pounds of gold. Yeah. Oh, of course you can take a picture of yeah. our idol. Oh, <laughs> our idol's not that holy. Like, yeah. They're Y'all like... heard about society? And I, I like to feel that. Like, the thing is, is like their gods could totally fucking fry them if they were angry. But the gods were like, "Holy shit, that is a lot of money." I'm cool with this yeah. actually. Like, Whoa! Like, no, I would do the same thing. If you put ten percent of that in the donation plate, I am cool. Discworld gods be <laughs> like it do be like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Man, I can't wait until we get to small gods. Um, <laughs> Did we get to the part with the uh, insurance conversation? Yes, yeah, that's what when when Rincewind asks, "Hey, is everyone in uh, the counterweight continent as rich as you?" He's like, "No, I'm poor. I'm an insurance uh, claims broker." Yeah. This is where they're having the meal, um, and Rincewind is getting pretty drunk yeah. off yes, of good wine. Very drunk. <laughs> Um, and he's just like, what is in sewer ants? Beca- because he ca- there's no word for yeah, it. Yeah, he's not drunk. There just isn't a word. So he has to sound out all the syllables. Well, no, which is why, he's, like... He's dr- he's drinking fine wine and his pe- speech is getting very clearly slurred by the end of this conversation. 
And in the next scene, he is holding his head like, oh, fuck. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, that's why I never read Two Flower as... Like, I didn't read him as, you know, Japanese or Chinese or anything. Because, like, that's a joke that only works in English. So I'm like, clearly this is a loud American man. Like, I don't know. Cause, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, this is the only scene that I remember is when they're talking about the ants. The way everyone has to understand this is as you take out a bet on your property not uh, burning to the I ground. I mean, true. <laughs> that is what it is, but like... It is, uh, but the people of Ankh-Morpur can only understand things in terms of winners and losers. Yeah. <laughs> Bet you my yeah. car won't get totaled. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, now let me drink this and go to the Applebee's! I mean... Life insurance is, life insurance is just saying, what are you gonna do, stab me? <laughs> Until someone stabs you. Bet you yeah, nobody exactly. will stab yeah. me. <laughs> this is also where we get Two Flower, like, kind of lamenting at the state of Warforkers, and it's like, I can maybe offer this as, like, a thing to people. Like, yeah. it might help them survive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it gets weird, because, like, by, by the last time he shows that, like, by the time we get to actually see the Agatian Empire... It's clear that it's, like, advanced and rich, but also has been advanced and rich for as long as anyone can remember. Mm. And so while while Ankh-Morpork does not have toilets, or a sewer system, or insurance, they, ha- they, they have a, like, they don't have, like, a fucking stratified society to the point that, like... Like, the the dude in that book is, like, the best person in the country at everything. Like, he's the smartest, handsomest, most brilliant man. Does not think for a second that someone might heave a brick at him in the street and kill him. (laughs) Who would want to do that? Having learnt that Two Flower is actually coded as Asian and the Agatine Empire is coded as, like, ancient China, it fits in regards to where China was compared to the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. Or, or, let's be... That sort of happens at the end of the series. This is like 1600s. Pre- this is a weird mix of like 1700s London and fucking completely pre-industrial like medieval bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's fantasy o'clock, everyone. Wow. Yes. Look at, the, look at. Let me just open up my pocket watch to have the little gremlin inside tell me what time it is. He's very good. By the end, it's sort of like this is. This is this is uh this is Holly's um tabletop campaign. It's a steampunk magic bullshit yeah. town. I mean, there's no planes. Holly, yet. when is our tabletop podcast about your, hey. your steampunk bullshit hey Mark, town? Hey Mark. Hey Mark, fuck you. There's a Leonardo da Vinci character who wants to make an airplane so fucking I bad. Except he'd call it the machine that flies through the air through the force of mechanics. I love Leonard of Quirm so much. Wow. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so they're going through the city, fucking making it rain. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. And everyone is just following around them because Ankhmore Porkians know when a good show is going on, and boy howdy, this one is good. Yeah, everyone's like, damn, can't wait to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> when the money fountain on Broad yeah. Street is singing, <laughs> watching this skinny nerd go to the whore pits, it's great. <laughs> yeah. When Pratchett describes Ankh-Morpork as a city where even the cockroaches desire gold, it's like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So everyone's God. like competing to be the person who claims all of his gold and kills him. 
not not even compete like not not even that. Everyone is just following around, hoping something happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll take a picture with you, sure. Like, the, and this is this is where um he runs out of pink because he shouldn't have taken all those pictures of the ladies with no clothes <laughs> on if he didn't want me to run out of pink. Wild. After this conversation that uh, Rincewind has, um, he looks up and two flowers gone. Oh fuck! Oh Jesus! Right. <laughs> I'm going to be tortured for several days and this then This is killed. just baby's day out at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see him look up on a fucking Gurry. New York City steel like, girder out yeah. of nowhere. <laughs> and he's just Mr. Magoo. He's lost his glasses and he's Mr. Magoo in a crossbow. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. He has... Two Flower has glasses and a, that's like an unknown thing yeah. until... Until like several books later, like, yeah, they. That's a weird one. They they describe him when he shows up as a man with four eyes, and I was right. really like, my sci-fi oriented brain was like, oh, he's a cool alien. He literally has two sets of eyes. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I'm gonna try and find this. The early artist for the Discworld cover, um, did not get that that meant glasses. Oh, they gave yeah. him four eyeballs. Uh, show me. <laughs> I'll look for it. You describe the plot because okay, two flowers been kidnapped. Go from there. I'm actually looking at the fucking book because I'm a dummy. Um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think from this point on, it's like it's when it's when Rinsman's like, I'm just gonna leg it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because um, yeah, I'm I'm out of here. Because Withel shows up and he's like, Hey, we're gonna you know take you two. Uh, and Rinsman's like, uh, Look over there, and then he books it. Right. He makes his escape. And that's what. <laughs> yeah. And that's when he discovers that the luggage is now following him. Yes, the luggage uh-huh. the luggage has imprinted upon him now. It's like, hey, you have to be responsible now. You have to help me, oh. or I'll eat you. Is is this where we find that the luggage eats anyone that tries to steal from it? Yeah, yeah. right. There was an earlier scene where Rincewind was in on Two Flower, like as he was sleeping. He's like, I can just grab the gold, uh, yeah, and they yeah. like sees the, he sees the lid flutter in the wind a bit, and he's like, I'm inside. There's no wind. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, there's a human hand in there. Oh no. Right. Because this is the part mm. where there's a bunch of thieves, and so they all, like, the luggage eats like three of them. He winds up uh, like floating down the river on the luggage, doesn't he? Uh, he, pick he, he pondered like he, yeah he ponders it yeah because he like he he almost falls into the river Onk, which is uh, not a great thing to fall into. You know that that river in Cleveland that got fire? It's worse. <laughs> it's a lot worse than that. Oh, the the poor Cuyahoga River. <laughs> Oh my god, can I can I tell a, a fun story about the Cuyahoga So Two Flower is that one, like, uh, underneath the leg of that fucking warrior lady, and yet just four eyes. Someone didn't tell this dude. Wow. Um, tell us your fun story, Jess. That's absolutely wild. Okay, so yeah. So the Cuyahoga River, which is the river that catches on fire. Um, that caught on fire. They did clean it up. Uh, eventually. <laughs> it caught on fire several times. The 60s were wild. We just put whatever into whatever we wanted. Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, so my roommate's girlfriend is from uh, that general area. And when my roommate Liz went out to, to visit her, they went to the aquarium in Cleveland uh, where they have a... Not, it's not big, but, you know, they have like a... Do they have a tank of fucking stank ass water but many aquariums you know they're all about environmental you know history and protection and this and that so the the aquarium in cleveland did have a the cuyahoga river it doesn't catch on fire anymore 
<laughs> Pawnee, it's safe here literally, now. <laughs> it was like 50 years of not catching on fire, and it was like, oh my man. They should just like a pro- like take what was probably in the river and make a big tank full of it, and just go like, this is what it used to look like. Honestly, like... Maybe they did. I don't know. I wasn't there. But I just, I always, I think about it a lot because somehow in my life, the river that catches on fire comes up a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the river Onk in later books is described as in the summer during the dry season, it loses some of its moisture and bushes start to grow on top. <laughs> Good. There are sharks in the river. They're just sharks. Like, oh, yeah, that's true. They do mention that at one point. I think Rin- Rincewind is thinking about it, and he's like, mm, I'd rather not fall in there and get eaten by the sharks. They mention sharks in the estuary. I don't think they can survive in the river proper. That's where it starts to mix with the ocean, and fish can survive for several minutes. <laughs> Whole minutes. Listen, I'm almost certain there's a scene in the book where someone fucking like uses the river like the non-newtonian fluid you make out of cornstarch and just like <laughs> as long as you're moving <laughs> oh, God. are you are you saying this is a river of ublek basically except it will kill you yeah. i mean who's to say ublek wouldn't have killed those people in that book well the real life ublek won't kill you it's cornstarch and well, water but, yeah, but the, the non-newtonian fluid that dr seuss came up with definitely yeah. would have killed everyone but yeah so once he realizes okay I'll find him. Just please don't push me into the Death River. And, like, gives him space to, like, think. (laughs) This is, around here is where we get the point where the, um, the patrician is, like, gets another letter that is suddenly like, actually, you should kill, uh, Two Flower. The first letter was from the Emperor, who's a young boy beloved by his people, a god king of kind of sorts. The second one is by fucking Jafar. <laughs> um, <laughs> that dude's name is really good. His name is Nine Turning it's Mirrors, really mm-hmm. which is excellent. It's yeah. dope as hell. Um, he's like, hey, I can make new cogs. We gotta get rid of this cog. Get rid of this fucking cog. cog. Get full of sand. This cog won't fit no more. <laughs> So that's, I, I listen to Friends at the Table, and Friends at the Table is wild with their naming conventions. Nine Turning Mirrors sounds like a Friends at the Table name. Yes, it does. It really does. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I don't know a damn thing, but well, sure, yes. all you gotta know, Holly, is Nine Turning Mirrors sounds like some bullshit Austin Walker came up with. <laughs> yes, it does. It, so- it sounds like a slightly more refined Gundam name, honestly. Honestly? So, yes, yeah. perfect. <laughs> but yeah, so the new instructions, kill, the, kill that idiot, um... We cut back to the dro- broken drum at this point, correct? And Two Flowers having a nice conversation with the barman about insurance. Um, while Emor and Withel are talking about what should we do with this idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is when the uh, fucking... It, it's Flannelfoot the something, the head assassin, that is hired by Vetinari, like, uh, comes in. Is it like Zlorf or something? Yeah, yeah Zlorf the flannel-footed. I, yeah, there's like, in this scene that comes up, there's like Zlorf, Rupfrit, uh, Terry, these are bad names. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, it gets better. Names, <laughs> names get way less fantasy bullshit and more... Um, like we named all of, we named all of our daughters after virtues, and now we have um, bestiality Carter, our son. Wow. <laughs> also, all of the daughters grow up into the opposite of their names, and all of the men are happy and well adjusted. I love it. It's very Amazing. funny. That reminds me of my partner's uh, maternal grandmother. 
She's like one of six Marys, and then they're all her sisters, and they just kept naming them Mary. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Okay, fucking very, Nurse very Joy Catholic. over here. <laughs> very, very Catholic. Extremely Catholic. <laughs> fucking, do they look the same? Ship one to every city and have them bother a 10 year old Miss Pikachu. I don't know if any of you listen to The Shrieking Shack, but this becomes the scene that they make fun of where everyone shows up in Hagrid's hut oh my God. to talk about how they're gonna arrest <laughs> yes. him. Yep. This, it's yep. a three-way standoff between the Assassin's Guild, the the thieves, thieves. and the like, industry, the tourism board. Yeah, like, the newly formed Guild of Merchants the, this, and The tourism. hospitality industry shows up and they're like, yes. do not hurt this man. Yeah, and they don't even know yeah. what tourism is, but they're like, this is like business and stuff, don't worry about it. It, yeah. it means idiots with money. <laughs> fuck, I don't know what the fuck this dude's deal is, but he's like an old, old man, and he's like, it means commerce! <laughs> yeah. We forgot to mention, uh, Two Flowers sells uh, the broken drum guy an insurance policy. No, I did, I did mention that that was a conversation we they were having. they were talking about it, but that's the yeah, result. But he, yeah. Yeah. He, he confirmed, sells it to us, bet your tavern won't burn down. Yeah. It's a secret tool yeah. that will help us later. <laughs> anyway, he goes to the basement immediately in the next scene, and we see him dropping a bunch of candles and lamp oil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh wow. So, so the Guild of Merchants has brought in some trolls. Which who... I, I love the way Pratchett describes it as... Describes them as flower sacks full of melons as arms. Wow. But describes the, uh, describes the actual Guild of Merchants with trolls as... A group of angry sheep confronting foxes, and these are sheep who can afford to hire wolves. Very good. And this is where Ridswind comes in, and it's a fucking barroom blitz. Um, Right. Because this is, well, this is where Ridswind comes in. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Before that, he's he's walking to, like, go do this thing. Does He passes by death. Who's just like oh, right. hanging yes. around? Yeah, that's like the death first... is extremely weird in this book. I love oh, death. Is death. That's like very much. Mark, you've read enough of Mort to know what he's like in the rest of the books. Yeah, but... he's like, hey, there's gonna be a crazy party at the the broken drum tonight. Now watch me kill this dude and harm this cat. I'm death. I won't be like this in any other book. Death at this point is very much the very tired, like manager whoa, of a whoa, whoa, store yeah. he, who, who's just like I I don't care this sucks you're inconveniencing me hey there cat I'm afraid I'm gonna have to dock your hours <laughs> on this planet <laughs> see the thing is that by by Mort he loves cats and the idea that he would harm one is like oh this is fucking weird cause I read this way after I'd already gotten very used to death yeah. as a character mm-hmm. Because he sees Rincewind and he's like, uh, oh, wait, why are you here? You're supposed to be... You're supposed to be 500 miles away. <laughs> I'm supposed to kill I you led later, you a horse. 500 miles away, so, like, hop to it, my man. Yeah, Let's he's go. like, could you, do, could like, you just on, do me a favor up. and just, like, ride over there right now so that I can kill you? <laughs> Eventually, he just, like, started to hang around Rincewind. He's like, he's no longer, like, actively threatening him because that's not his deal in later books. But he's just like, hey, yeah, I mean, there's a chance you could die. I'll just stick around here in case you do. (laughs) Death has a fucking chamber full of, like, hourglasses that serve as, like, lifetimers. Like, the classic image. Um, The one for Rincewind, he's traveled through time and escaped death and have had literal gods, like, intervene on his behalf so many times. It looks like, as described... 
it, it's described <laughs> by Terry Pratchett as a glass blower had a case of the hiccups one day. <laughs> um, so de- even death does not know when Rincewind will die. <laughs> yeah, which is very funny to think about, but. Someone will die to a lot of people will die tonight because death does. He like, why am I even here? Oh, that's right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's like, oh yeah. Got, got that conference that call coming shit's up. Popping off tonight. <laughs> and I do like how even this early on, they describe his voice as a bunch of, I believe, g- like grave slabs. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Grave slabs falling in an underground yeah. crypt. Yeah. In tones as deep and heavy as the slamming of leaden doors far underground. It, it, it fucking it rules. Let me put it this way: in the animated adaptation and the live action adaptation he is voiced by Christopher <laughs> Lee that is all you need Good. to know <laughs> cuz that's actually i've never heard it before but that's basically how i read it <laughs> i also love that he, death style is always in like a different font in all caps yeah it's mm-hmm. There's, like, two books where they just do it regular big caps. It's like, no, that's a person shouting. You fucked up that, fucking yeah, penguin publishing. That's just death yelling. Death never yells. Yeah. He's not yelling. It's it's small all caps. Small, bold all caps. Come on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. This is where... Yeah, I was gonna say, this is the point where Ridswind goes to the broken drum and is trying to save Two Flower. Oh, he also lures a guard out by, like, dropping a bunch of coins. This is earlier, before he figures out where he is. He, like, drops a bag of gold on his mm-hmm. head, and the luggage threatens to bite his leg off. And he's like, where are they holding him? He's like, oh, the broken drum, I think. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then he shows up there. He, like, with, there's with a big fight. Grenades. Yeah, he's throwing money to, like, try to get them to... With two flowers, money grenades. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to get them to, like, riot, basically. They're too smart for that. They're like, this is a trick. Come on. And then, like, everyone, everyone's inside, and Rincewind cuts, like, the chandelier down. And out, Not out, two sorry, flower. Not two flower. Yes. Rincewind, after the luggage eats someone, he just jumps up to the top beams, um, and that's when uh, two flower cuts right. the rope. Yeah, two flowers. Like, like, I, I just wanted, wanted to, to be add helpful. To the yeah, like <laughs> I wanted to see a brawl. This is what happens, right? <laughs> Emor's raven gets killed. Um, a bunch of shit is happening. They make their escape as the tavern starts to go up in flames. Oh, I love, I love the exchange when um, a broken drum guy is like he's finally done, you know, soaking oh, yes. his basement in oil, and Death shows up and is like, "All right, here's the match, buddy," and he's like, "Wait, what?" And it's like, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> so in this book, in this book, it's said that death can only be seen by wizards and cats because only wizards <laughs> and cats can see octarine, uh, mm-hmm. the magical right. eighth mm-hmm. color. Which the we learn later in the book, it's a kind of disappointing, like yellowish green. <laughs> no, they, they, yeah, <laughs> or they mention green. it in the book. It's like a, a yellow, purple, green, whatever. Yeah. But later books, death is technically visible all the time. It's just most people, very rightly, ignore the fact that they just saw a seven-foot-tall skeleton. Right. Or it. just go, oh, that's just a thin dude. Yeah, yeah, no, that their their mind sees death, and they go, no, that's a human, 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 that's a human. It, yeah, again, it's like when he, death introduces himself, it's like, oh, yes, I'm death. Oh, you're a mortician. Yeah. <laughs> and I pretend I do not see it. Yes. God, that that scene is that scene is so good because it's, it's like, 
How long have- This is from Mort, by the way. How long have you been in business, then? My business started the day the first beings evolved and will end when the last one breathes its last breath. Hmm. But established long, then. <laughs> Family business. <laughs> yes. It's very good. It's very Death good. Anyway. Mechanical. Yeah, Death Hands of a Candle. He's like, wait, who the- <laughs> Whatever, it's fire on. It's on fire You're now. Done. It's, you don't have to think anymore. You're dead. They, I think it says like the roof like yeah. explodes off of the the broken drum. Like it just goes flying oh, yeah. into the air. And this is where Rincewind and I almost said Wismer. That's a Pokemon. Winsel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they have a they have a sword fight. Uh, naturally, uh, it's not. It is. Weasel, no, that's the other Withle. guy. Withle, yeah, Withle. Withle. Withle stabs him with his rapier. Um, but he has fucking he he's got a bag of gold in there, and if he'd stabbed his other side, that's where he keeps his piece of the true cross. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go inside now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I forget exactly the course of events. It's basically um, where like. Uh, they have the sword fight, but then two flowers are able to get the rapier off of Withle, and then Rincewind just cold clocks him. No, yeah, because yeah, um, Rincewind picks up a sword somewhere. Withle easily disarms him, and then like they do the he gets it from the, the poking thing. Guard the guard that he yeah, yeah, yeah. but then you know two flower gets the sword, and he's like, "Hey, what do I do with this?" And and Rincewind's like, "Oh, he'll he'll stab you. He's a crazy motherfucker. I swear." Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then. Like, he just punches him, and I love the description of Rincewind had time to see him look at him in angry surprise before he collapsed to the ground. Oh. Because, Rincewind, you, you gotta put massive gold coins in your glove to give the <laughs> give the, the, the advantage mm-hmm. in this fight. Yeah. And so, so they managed to escape. I can't believe he fucking gave himself Wolverine fingers, <laughs> but they're gold coins. Okay. Oh, no, I mean, listen, Pete... Uh, one way people used to like bare knuckle brawl to cheat is like they would just hold a roll of quarters. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. an old style thing. Um, back when yeah. back when I used to work in a cooking school, uh, I would carry chef's knives like that. If I had to carry a bunch of them, right? I would just uh, carry them like. <laughs> oh, Wolverine I bet they all hands. fucking loved you, Jess. <laughs> I bet they all fuck. Oh, there's Jess with their fucking <laughs> fucking hands or big forks. Uh, <laughs> nope, no one ever saw me do it. I made sure no one ever saw me do it. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I, would just... <laughs> I mean, I talk big. When I worked at Starbucks, I, whenever, whenever I had to go over to the oven, I'm like, oh, I have the togs now. Click, click, click. Uh-huh, click. I'm a crab. <laughs> crab time. <laughs> time for crab. <laughs> but yeah, they start, it's like every building is on fire. It's spreading faster than a man can walk. So they <laughs> shove, uh, a guy's trying to fleece people trying to leave the city by selling an overpriced horse. They sell him 10,000 times the value yeah, of the horse. Yeah, they just like, take his, <laughs> shut up, and they just like take it, the horse. Keep yeah. the change. Yeah. And that's where we get to the beginning of the story. They have escaped through the last gate out of town, which collapses behind them. Mm-hmm. Two Flower dead. And sadly, Two Flower uh, has passed up because he's bad at riding a horse, and he misses meeting out on a... Braved and uh, the oh, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunate. Also, I do like how they mention um, their method of like stopping the fire is to block the outlet of the river. They describe everything that wasn't burned down was then flooded. It's <laughs> very good. <laughs> and it's like, uh, I, thinking about 
the river onk flooding just reminds me of the extremely real thing that happened, the Boston molasses flood. Love the molasses flood. That may sound very silly and not dangerous, but the molasses was going at like 30 miles an hour. It destroyed it shit. It was also warm, right? It was like hot molasses. Yeah. Yeah, it was like eight it was a hot summer in Boston, and so the it wasn't like boiling molasses, but probably good eighty degree molasses rolling down at thirty five miles yeah, per hour. It was a hot, viscous thing moving down the street. This was like the blob, essentially. <laughs> Fast, faster than molasses usually is thinner than molasses usually is. Still, essentially, you're being hit with, like, a knee-deep water would knock you off your feet. Uh, This is fucking molasses. This is going faster than you want molasses to go. According to Wikipedia, the wave of molasses killed 21 people. Yep. This is a very funny thing that I think about all the time. They, um... Because they didn't do the safety precautions, like, at all. And that's why that happened. Anyway, what were you about to say, Julie? I'm just thinking now of the River Thames flooding, and that's the most horrifying thought yeah, in the right? world. River Thames, yeah. it's just open sewerage. Like, yeah, I mean, that's probably what the River The River was. Thames could probably... Yeah, for yeah. sure. That, that, the River Thames could probably still catch fire. Oh, yeah. Like, Pro- probably, yeah. Like, It just rains too much. <laughs> they haven't had the chance to... <laughs> this is unrelated, but favorite little weather fact is that in terms of overall rain like the amount of rain uh london scott the uk does not get a lot it just is constantly shitty drizzling (laughs) (laughs) i remember oh god my sister she lives in england now um she was describing like what a balmy day is over there and it's like oh it's like 22 degrees celsius yeah yeah mm -hmm. i once yeah I've had multiple conversations with a Scottish friend. It's just like, fucking, you're, t- you, you are in the Gulf Stream, which means you are protected from, you, like, she's in Scotland. She's, like, in northern Scotland. But, like, because the last bits of the Gulf Stream are still going up there, like, I had to, like, point out, it's like, you're, like, latitude, in terms of latitude, you are on par with, like, Oslo, Norway. Like, you should be a lot colder mm-hmm. than you are. <laughs> Meanwhile, down here in Australia, hey, guess what? Horrifying bushfires that only get put out by uh, flood-inducing rains. Great. Wow. Yeah. I also once had a... uh, Celsius? No. Um, I once had, like, when I was working at the gas station, where I used to live, it's the last place in Massachusetts you can go before you hit Cape Cod. So a lot of vacation people went through. And it was in October, and an Australian guy was getting gas, and he's just like... Real cold today, huh? I'm like, it is a pretty warm day for October. It gets a yep. lot colder. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, cold in Australia is also very weird, too, to be honest. Uh, you know what? I'm going to be fair. 22 Celsius. That's 72. De- I like had, I didn't have like the mental math thing. That's 72 degrees. That's pretty nice. That is really <laughs> nice. Pretty nice. <laughs> the problem is that... We get that for a week, and then by uh, the summer, it is uh, like 38 <laughs> Celsius. It's also, it's also the thing where I have to uh, tell people when I say, like, oh, it's like so-and-so degrees, and like, that's not that warm. I'm like, yeah, but you're not under a hole in the ozone layer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. kind of makes it harder to live here. 
I basically said to this guy, yeah, like in January, it's like negative 10. I like did the math. Negative 10 Celsius. He just like looks at me like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> um, but anyway, that's about, let's talk meteorology. It's a meteorology <laughs> podcast. This is more or less where the chapter stops, yeah. correct? More or less. There's yeah. like one more phrase I really liked that was, uh, I can't find it in the book, but I definitely wrote it down, where it was, um, a few hours and a hundred years ago, and I'm like, oh, that's... Yes! yes. That's that's been 2020. Yeah, that's just yep. every day yep. in 2020, <laughs> Terry. Thanks. You know, back in early March, my entire life ago. Yeah. Basically, like... I, I read that line, I'm like, oh, fuck, that's so good. That hits so I, different. <laughs> I've never been so, like, like particularly sad Terry Pratchett's no longer around, because I, I'm really curious what he would have written during this time yeah. like yeah <sighs> several hours and a hundred years ago is so good <laughs> it's such a good time it's so fucking it's good it's so good um but yeah uh Bravd and the weasel go to loot the the burnt out and flooded husk of of Ankmar pork and that's basically where we leave oh you know what i i'm also reminded like in the beginning section where they're talking about the city burning it's like man a lot of good friends in that city <laughs> But I owed him seven dollars, yeah. Gordon. <laughs> so I came out on top. There you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is the end. Like I, I'm assuming none of us read the two-page prologue to part no, two. No. Yeah, I was debating on whether we should do that. Who cares? Um, <laughs> that'll be two weeks from now. Sure. Whatever. Um, yeah, this book it's still very different from the Discworld I know. Better than I remember. Yeah. Like I remember reading this like. It helps that I have not read a Discworld book uh, front to back since working at the uh, Stop and Shop. It, it's nice to look at this fresh, and it is good. Yeah. Like, it's still very yeah, good. I it. It's Yeah, it still holds up. It doesn't feel dated, which I was really yeah. worried about. I was... The way you had described it to me, I was I was like, uh, there might be some cringe in here. Um. <laughs> it's just that his style... Like, this is fucking... You hear about Tolkien? Um, whereas by, like... By, by a few books in it's like hmm let's do like like not just like pie in the face fucking broad ass yeah. jokes it's like it feels y'all want to hear some jokes <laughs> it feels like unrefined but like you, there's definitely potential like it comes across good i think the thing about fearing that they might be dated the first book i read um going postal has a whole plot point about um a private industry uh, buying, uh, gutting, and running to the ground uh, public good, oh. yep. and a massive yep. financial crash, and this book was from 2003. Yeah. yeah. They have the words so too big to fail in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, to be fair, were coined in the 80s, but, you know. Prescient. It's a whole thing. Pratchett is very good at making, like... Going Postal and Making Money are two of my favorite books. They just it's feel really very good. timeless. They will be timeless until we dismantle capitalism. Uh, <laughs> God willing. Yeah. But that was the, that was what we read. Um, I know... I don't know what we do. Like, Mark has set yes. up a Gmail account, so, I guess. What, uh, what is I that, Mark? I believe it is uh, thediscoursepod at gmail.com. Nice. No, no spaces, spaces, obviously. So that's, no yeah. that's two C's. That's C yes, and disc. Yes, two C's. C and course. Disc course. Pod at gmail.com. Yeah. If I could do it with a yeah. hyphen, I could. So if, but... if you either, you know, 
have opinions on the book that you want to share with us or talk about it with us that would be awesome or if you're reading along and you want to just tell us what you're thinking that would be lovely or ask us questions about the book yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes we don't really know what the format is going to be for that kind of stuff so especially with our chapters and parts and most of the books yeah yeah listen for most of the books we're just gonna have to do like okay we're gonna read 80 to 90 pages and (laughs) we'll just stop when it seems convenient uh we should decide on the next segment that we're reading so that people can read along if they want to I mean, the next segment we're reading is the next segment of the book, The Color of Magic. This is one of the easy ones. It's the Sending of the Eight is we're reading that section next. We do not have to worry about this until we get to, um, fucking... Book three. uh, Equal rights. (laughs) You do have to say it on the podcast, though, is the thing. Yeah, unfortunately, the book is in the kitchen, so you'd have to say it, Mark. I can't... (laughs) Oh, no, it's in the... It's in in the not bedroom, so... That's a, that's a we have two rooms. Thing as well, the non-bedroom. <laughs> See, w- listen, we got a little, we got a kitchen, and we got a little nub off of the kitchen where our TV is, and that's where the book is. <laughs> but wait, it's off the kitchen, but you call it the not bedroom. Mm. No, no, no. We have two rooms: the bedroom <laughs> okay, okay. and the not bedroom. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the bathroom, I guess. But like, I was very confused as to why something off the kitchen would be called a not bedroom. <laughs> It's a fucking alcove where the couch, <laughs> coffee table, and TV yeah. are. Like, sure, that that genuinely makes sense. <laughs> um, I guess we should plug our shit. Uh, Julie, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Gatsby Low, L-O-W. Uh, it's a locked account. I'm usually fine with accepting requests, but I'm going to be a teacher at some point. Uh, gonna need to keep that away from the teens. Mm-hmm. Um, Shouting about Gunpla. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... Listen, I once put up on a... Uh, screen like I connect my laptop to show some kids like a YouTube playlist I'd made, and I was on the oh, wrong boy. account, and they just saw a bunch of anime. Oh no! Clips, and I was like, <laughs> "Listen, yes, I like My Hair Academia. Anyway, let's watch some like videos about yeah. art. <laughs> don't don't tell the teens about your Discworld podcasts. No, listen. I'm just thinking about how much worse that could yeah, fucking that could, go. Like oh, if I had go... if I had Tweet Deck open, that would be so much oh, worse. Oh, listen, I'll say right now, I've got better taste than the teenagers. They like Soul Leader. I like what they they have nothing on me, but still, I can't allow them to know my interests. Um, well, I do gotta say, Mark showed me Soul Leader, and I didn't watch it as a teen. I watched it as an adult. I was 24. I'm like. Yeah, Soul Eater's pretty my- good. I like Soul Okay, so can I, can I tell a story about my dad and Soul Eater? Oh, uh, boy. Sure. <laughs> no, mostly I just fucking love... First of all, that's a great sense. I can't wait to hear about your 60-plus no, dad, dad and Soul Eater. No, my dad is not that old. My- <laughs> oh, well, see, my dad is, and you're my age. I'm, so- okay. I'm, I'm a little bit older than you. My parents had children young. But uh, I, I think this was before he was 50. So my, my like, 48-year-old dad watched Soul Eater, and he was like, Have you ever seen it? It's pretty good. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dad. Oh, crap. Also, when we were watching, Mark did say, let's not watch this one, yes, let's skip I did, this one. I did. That would help. Yeah. <laughs> we basically skipped the introduction of Black Star and Death the Kid. And so I was like, don't care, you know who they are, yeah. just skip these. I curated the experience. Anyway. Uh, you can also anyway, the ending theme fucking whips. Um. That's true, I'll give it that. Um... You can also find me uh, on Instagram, where me and my partner Zach paint a boatload of Warhammer that we're going through during quarantine oh, yeah. times. That is uh, DL Hobbies. Cool. 
Jess, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at several bad puns. Uh, you can find the show that I do with no one on this show. Um, that one's about the Twilight Zone, and that is at the Spooky Spot. Yeah, I figure I'll drop our other show when I also drop my Patreon. Mark, where can we uh, find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Avengifier, A-V-E-N-G-I-F-I-E-R. Um, I'm mainly just yelling about Animal Crossing right now. Um, I'm going to be posting some art soon because I've been working on stuff since we have nothing else to do. Uh, you can find me on... Eh, I'm not going to bother with Tumblr. You can find me on Twitter at ChumPersonable. That's uh, C-H-U-M-P-E-R-S-O-N-A-B-L-E. <laughs> um, where I post whatever bullshit I'm currently thinking about. And whenever we, we record an episode of our other podcast, expect screen caps of bullshit animation moments. Wow. But speaking of that other podcast, that is Lupin Lottery um, on Shout Engine, where we are watching every episode of the classic anime Lupin the Third in a completely random order, predetermined by computer. We are 121 episodes into this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Big moment. Um, Christ, our last one was about uh, Lupin and a composer having a Dragon Ball Z battle with mind-controlling batons. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really good, really good for like third, like three quarters of it, and then at the end, it's like I'm gonna get a soup ladle, and that's gonna be better because it's got more holes to make humming mm-hmm. sounds with. Amazing. It's still good though. I still love how it ends. Um, but that is Loop on Lottery, um, on Shout Engine. Um, you can find my Patreon where I post episodes of that early. Patreon.com/slash/HollyBRiley. Um, for a dollar, you just get free access to uh, early episodes yeah. of that. Um, please give me a dollar. But I guess that is it for, uh, the first episode of the Disc Course. I don't know how, we did not discuss this. We don't have a sign on Gotta be witty on the spot. (laughs) Until next time, it's podcasts on Turtles? No, it's Turtles on the... It's podcasts on Turtles on the way down. We'll see you in a few hours and a hundred (laughs) years. Oh, that's fucking good! That's shit! Oh, fuck, that rules, Jess. Okay. Alright, goodbye. Bye. See ya. I fuck, I don't know who the host is for this, huh? Just <laughs> I mean, you know the most, so you start talking. <laughs> Not We're me. keeping Jess, you're editing, so you're keeping this, I hope. Oh, um hello. We'll see what we get. <laughs> <laughs>